All right. Well, as Michael said, I am Bud Brainerd. I'm privileged to be one of the pastors here at Lake Forest Davidson, and it's good to be with you here this morning. Whether you're cautious about Jesus, curious about Jesus, or committed to Jesus, this is a safe place. I can't imagine a safer place than Facebook Live, but this is a safe place for you to learn, to grow, and to change. As long as you don't have it all together, then you're going to fit right in. I'm glad Michael mentioned, uh, and we did send out the note last week about my uh, retirement. I'm going to be retiring uh, sometime between now and the end of the year. I want to uh, give a special thanks this morning to uh, Lindsay Ammons, who uh, operates our uh, our youth ministry. When I shared this with Lindsay early in the week, she said, uh, wow, that's, uh, that's pretty amazing. I said, well, I went into full-time ministry in 1984, and Lindsay said, that's before I was born. And so when you're working with a church staff, many of whom were not born when you first went into ministry, I suppose it's time to retire. So uh, I'm just grateful for uh, for the uh, privilege of, of serving here and serving alongside you and look forward to, uh, to being with you for years to come. Becky and I are not moving. We are staying in the area. Uh, Lake Forest Davidson, Cornelius Davidson itself are home for us. And so we plan on continuing to be active as well. So now that the cat is out of the bag, uh, let's uh, open with a word of prayer and we'll get right into the message today. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be together, uh, to gather ourselves once again around your word. We pray that your spirit would speak to us and would give each one of us exactly what we need today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the sermon series is really focused on, on uh, what we call the fruit of the Spirit. That's a, not a phrase that we made up. It's a phrase that comes from the Apostle Paul in his letter to the church at Galatia. Uh, 5, 22, and 23, those verses say, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, that list is uh, that list of nine character traits gets an awful lot of attention from uh, from pastors, from teachers, from commentators. Uh, we know those as the fruit of the spirit, but it's really important, I think, to understand the context of this statement about the fruit of the spirit. This listing of the fruit of the spirit, the context will tell us exactly what Paul means by this. And so the context here, we actually have to go back to verse 17 in chapter 5 in Galatians to get the context. Here's what Paul says in Galatians 5.17. He says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Hmm. So I suppose it's fair to ask, what's the conflict? That phrase in verse 17, that last phrase, gives us a big clue. So that you are not to do whatever you want. Now that single phrase in Scripture has personal significance for me. I can remember as a, as a teenager at my home, I was under house arrest. Now, my parents called it being grounded, but it was house arrest. And we all know what it feels like to be stuck in the house for an extended period of time. 
Now, I'm not sure why I was there. It was something that I did or didn't do, something that I said or didn't say. But at any rate, I was locked in. I was confined to the house. And I remember saying these exact words to my parents. I can't wait until I'm an adult and then I can do whatever I want. Paul tells us that the Spirit of God enables us to live a different kind of life. A life that moves from doing what we want to doing what God wants. Psalm 37 verse 4, the psalmist tells us to delight ourselves in the Lord and he will give us the desires of our heart. That does not mean that God will allow us to do whatever we want. What it means is that God will move the desires of our heart out of the way and replace them with the desires of his heart. He will align our heart desires with his. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in the life of a believer. Here is God's goal. God's goal is not to make our lives miserable. God's goal is to make our lives meaningful. So in Galatians 5, Paul gives us this, this list of nine character traits that he calls the fruit of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who has the power to transform our self-centeredness into a God-centeredness and other-centeredness. This transformation turns hate into love. It turns sadness into joy. It turns anxiety, worry, and fear into peace. It turns frustration into patience. It turns meanness into kindness. It turns evil intent into goodness. It turns disloyalty into faithfulness. It turns abuse into gentleness. And it turns self-indulgence into self-control. Are you interested in that? I am. I want to be that person. I want to be around people who demonstrate those character traits, especially during this pandemic, especially when we're locked in so closely together. So today we want to focus on peace. And peace is one of those words that can have a different meaning depending on its context. There are a lot of words like that, like the English word canned. I remember that my grandmother canned fruits and vegetables. I have a friend who was canned at work. Now, I still cannot figure out how they got him into that little mason jar. So context really makes a big difference on the meaning of a word. And the context in Galatians, I think, gives us a lot of insight into the meaning of what Paul means when he says the word peace. The outline for this morning is really simple. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to clarify what Paul does not mean by peace. Secondly, we're going to talk about what Paul does mean by peace. And finally, we're going to offer a few suggestions on some ways we might cultivate peace in our lives. So first, let's be clear about what peace is not. 
Peace is not apathy. Peace is not ceasing to care. I've got to be honest. I cringe every time I hear somebody say, whatever, because whatever is the ultimate form of selfishness. Apathy is choosing not to care about something because we think that it doesn't have a personal impact on us. Not caring about things that only impact others is the exact opposite of who God is, who Jesus is, and who the Holy Spirit wants to turn us into. Later on in Paul's letter in Galatians, a few verses we read this earlier, that Paul reminds us that we are called to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So peace is not apathy. Peace is not uh, ceasing to care. Secondly, peace is not being conflict-free. Now, world peace is that kind of peace where people from every corner of the globe, every religion, every race, every political party can all just get along. This kind of peace is the kind of peace that Miss America contestants wish for. Back in the 60s, we even made a sign for it. And I think it's fair to say that that kind of a peace, that kind of a cessation of international, interracial, and interpersonal conflict is a worthy goal. But even though we may not be able to create it, it is something that we can understand and we can hope for. But if we can understand it, then it isn't the kind of peace that Paul is talking about. Why? Because the kind of peace that Paul is talking about is the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It's a peace that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, just because we can't understand this peace, it doesn't mean that we know nothing about it. So our second point is, what does peace mean as a fruit of the Holy Spirit? We know that this peace will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, but that's really just pretty fancy biblical language. What does that mean practically? How does the peace guard our hearts and minds? Remember that this peace is active and not passive. In fact, this peace is the antithesis of, and we might even say the antidote to, worry, fear, and anxiety. Now this is an anxious time in our nation and the world. I'm old enough to remember that this isn't the first time. I remember back in the 1960s, we were under the threat of nuclear war. I'm not really sure how hiding under our desk at school was going to help, but I do remember that. <laughs> Then uh, in September 11th, we had, uh, we had the attack on the Twin Towers. And again, our nation became anxious because we just didn't know when there might be another attack or where it might take place or how. Today, today we're living in a global pandemic that continues to threaten our health and our health of our loved ones. COVID-19 has changed the way that we live 
the way we work, and even the way we worship in so many ways. Thousands of people are still dying every day in America, and we would like it to be over. We would love to exchange our anxiety, worry, and fear for the peace that Paul is talking about. But how can we do that? How can our fear, worry, and anxiety be transformed into a peace that passes understanding? I think we have to begin by something that Jesus himself said in in John's Gospel, uh, chapter 14. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, and neither let them be afraid. Hmm. Jesus gives us peace. And not just any peace. Jesus gives us his peace. Imagine what that would be like. Let not your hearts be troubled, and neither let them be afraid. If I were to paraphrase this statement of Jesus, it would sound like this. God knows. God's got it, no matter what it is. And God's got you. The peace which Jesus gives, the peace that comes from the Holy Spirit, is rooted in putting our confidence in God and God's plan for the world, for your family, and for your life. But there is a problem, and we have to be honest about this. The problem is that we only know God's plan in part. Scripture is clear that we don't know everything we can know some things, we just don't have all the answers. And Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 12, he says, Now we see only a reflection as a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So here's what we do know. We know that uh, when you follow Jesus, or if you ever come to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Spirit gives us strength to live a life that points people toward God, draws people to God by what we do, what we say, how we live. God the Holy Spirit enables us to do this by transforming our character. So let's move to the third point. How can we cultivate this peace in our lives? How can we experience the peace of Jesus? How does this transformation from worry, fear, and anxiety to peace happen? 
So this morning, I want to give you four ways you might consider that I believe can help you cultivate this peace in your life. First, let's talk about the power to change. The power necessary to affect the changes listed in Galatians 5 in your life comes from one source and one source only, and that's the Holy Spirit. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit in a living believer who can bring about all nine of these attitudes and character traits. So, you might be asking, does the Holy Spirit live in you? That's a fair question. All I can tell you is that God does not lie. So in John chapter 7, verse 39, it says, Jesus spoke of the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. In 2 Timothy, Paul writes in chapter 1, verse 14, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. So if you are a follower of Jesus and are wondering if you have the power to change your life, the answer is an absolute Yes, yes, God has done his part. The Holy Spirit lives in every believer. But having the power, the power to change, is not enough in itself. So the second point I want to make is that you have to believe that change is possible. Here is when we begin thinking about how we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in cultivating the fruit of the Spirit, in this case, peace. Now, there are people who say that people don't change. Well, I believe some people don't change, but I believe everybody can change. So what's the difference between the two? Well, one of the hot books in MBA programs across the nation today is entitled Mindset. It's a summary of a number of studies showing the differences in people who have a fixed mindset versus people who have a growth mindset. Those with a fixed mindset believe that they cannot change or they don't have the desire or the will to change. People with a fixed mindset give up quickly. They are impatient. They are more prone to being pessimistic. They are people who believe that they are the way they are. This is the way God made me, and I just am going to have to live with it. Now, in contrast to that, people with a growth mindset, they love a challenge. They love to learn. They are disciplined. They are often dedicated to improving themselves. They have hope. They see a better life ahead. These are people who believe that nothing is impossible with God. They believe with God all things are possible. So, we have the power to change. We can believe that we can change. But wait, there's more. The third point, you have to be disciplined enough to cultivate a new mindset or behavior. Living in close quarters these past few months has helped many of us realize that 
We have no control over anybody else. How many of you know someone that you wish you could change? How many of you have tried to change them? How's that working for you? Well, we cannot change another person. However, the Holy Spirit can change us. The Holy Spirit can give us the discipline that we need in order to exchange our fear, worry for peace. By the way, self-control, that's what we're talking about. It's another character trait that Paul says the Spirit can develop within us. But precisely what is it that we need to control within ourselves? This is so ironic. What we need to control within ourselves is the constant need to be in control. The constant need to be in control, to have things our way, to have things to our advantage. It is our relentless desire to put ourselves on the throne of our life. It is our determination to create and to enact our plan for the world, for our family, and for our life instead of embracing God's plan. Well, how can, we, how can we find this peace? The Holy Spirit lives within us. The Holy Spirit has planted this seed. How can we find this seed in order to cultivate it and to watch it grow? Well, Isaiah 26.3 says this. It says, You keep him, you keep the individual in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. That's the key. That's where we look for the seed. It takes discipline to remind ourselves that God is in charge and that God can be trusted. The scriptures provide us endless reminders that God knows. God's got it no matter what the it is. And God's got you. Cultivating a mindset that allows us to follow God rather than leading is best summarized in the first three steps of the 12 steps. I'll paraphrase them. One, we admit that we are not in control and we are unable to manage anything. Two, we believe that God is greater than we are and we ask the Holy Spirit to guide and to lead our lives. And third, we decide to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understand Him. Now, none of those steps happen once for all time. Each one of those is a day-by-day -day decision. Most of the time, those are moment-by-moment -moment decisions. It takes discipline. It takes self-control. And this is what it takes to cultivate and live the peace that God has for us in our own lives. We need to encourage one another to develop these mindsets. 
And finally, number four, give yourself and others a little grace. No, no, let me change that. Give yourself and others a lot of grace. You need to be okay. You need to be okay with, you need to acknowledge, and you need to celebrate incremental progress, little by little, step by step. Now, on rare occasions, this move from anxiety and, and fear to peace happens in an instant. But that's pretty rare. That's the exception. The norm is that it takes a long time, a lifetime, if you will, and it comes very slowly. Cultivation takes time, it takes effort, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit takes time and effort to develop and to grow. Peace, the peace that passes understanding, requires cultivation and time. I still remember my first trip to uh, Muir Woods. Muir Woods is a, is a stand of giant redwoods just to the north and to the west of San Francisco. It's across the bay. These giant redwoods, whose scientific name gives you a clue, Sequoia Dendrum Giganteum. Now that sounds like something right out of a Marvel comic. Sequoia Dendrum Giganteum. They are between 500 and 800 years old, and they stand over 250 feet tall. And they are still growing. They are still growing. Muir Woods did not come into being overnight. And the peace of God doesn't grow on you or in you overnight. It takes cultivation. It takes time to reach its full potential. So this morning, if, if you are looking for peace, if you're searching for peace, let me just say that it it's not found in you being in control. It's not found in you trusting yourself to know everything. This peace comes as a gift. And it comes so that we can cultivate it. And we cultivate it by cultivating our trust in God. Yes, it's a challenge. But as a Christian, God has given you everything that you need. Let's take some time and to reflect on this peace. Let me give you a moment for you to talk to God about peace. Let's pray. Lord, you have reminded us this morning that the Holy Spirit is the source of true peace. That peace which passes all understanding. So Lord, for those of us who are anxious today, we ask you to give up our need to be in control. We ask you to help us to give up our desire to have all the answers. We ask you, Lord, to stop trying to do whatever it is that we want and to begin to do whatever it is 
that you want us to do. Perhaps this is the moment when you can surrender to God and allow the Holy Spirit to give you the peace you desire. So I encourage you to give your cares, your worries, and your fears, and your anxiety to God. And ask Him for His peace. Amen.